You are listening to the Green Industry Perspectives podcast presented by Single Ops, a podcast created for green industry professionals looking for best practices, tactics, and tips in running their tree care or landscape business. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Green Industry Perspectives presented by Single Ops. My name is Jay Worth. I'm the content marketing manager here for Single Ops, and I have an incredible, wonderful guest lined up today. I'm very excited to have him on the show. His name is Todd Burgard. Todd runs a marketing and branding agency. I have personally worked with Todd. I know just how brilliant he is and wanted to bring some of those values and insights that I got to experience firsthand you know, a customer as a landscape company that had hired Todd and his agency. So Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Jay, for having me. Oh, that's absolutely my pleasure. One of the things we like to do right away on the show is dive into some immediate value. So what are kind of the top three things or or kind of common threads that you see really successful? Because I know you've worked with a, a few different landscape and tree care companies. You work with a lot of trades too. What are the, the common things that those companies are doing well when they're really successful? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this isn't just uh, relevant to folks in the lawn and landscape tree care industry. This is across the board, really, for every industry. And I don't care if you're B2B or B2C. At the end of the day, even with B2B clients, right? So you may have a lawn care company that just deals with commercial properties or municipal type arrangements outside of maybe consumer or homeowners, those kind of relationships are considered B2B, right? So by the end of the day, there's a human being that's making that buying decision. And it doesn't matter what industry, somebody has to make the decision to invest whatever their resources are into that transactional arrangement in order to mm-hmm. get whatever is being received by that company. And we've found that, you know, everybody, Everybody's a human being anyway. It's not an algorithm. <laughs> makes decisions based, uh, you know, on emotional biases. Uh, we make buying decisions, especially emotionally. So uh, we found it incredibly important that when you're positioning yourself, your messaging, your marketing, your advertising, your branding, we can even talk about what branding means in our world a little later on, that it has to be this emotional equivalent to the product or service that you're offering. And what does that mean? Touching a pain, touching a pleasure. And that's a pain in the in the pain in the, right now, or a pain in the future, or a pleasure right now, or in the future. So mm. you know we can talk about features and benefits all day long, but people are going to buy based on how they feel about mm. that thing that you're offering. That's going to touch that emotional button. First yeah, one, it sounds like you're saying, I just want to make sure I understand. You're saying it has to connect with the end buyer emotionally. It has to either, you know, fear of pain and loss or it has to connect. Uh, oh, that's going to be a really good thing for me. I'm going to really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I'm going to look cool in it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever the pleasure is. Okay. Right? My friends will think I'm great or uh, my wife yeah. will love me better or wh- whatever that thing is. That, so they got to connect with the, with the buyer emotionally. All right. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, What's right. next? Yeah, repetition. You know, they say, what are the, what are the, they ask me, you know, what's, what are the three main things about marketing that you think are most important? I say, well, three R's, repetition, 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 right? Mm-hmm. It has to be consistent. You say that thing that is emotionally connect, emotional connection, emotional quotient in a, in a clear, concise, powerful, impactful way. And you say it over 
and over and over and over and over again. You know, there's an axiom that uh, when you're tired of looking at your advertising campaign, when you're sick of your brand, everybody else is just kind of sort of getting on, getting used to it and coming on board, right? So let that <laughs> thing roll. Just be consistent and let it go. So repeat it constantly. Okay. And what's the third thing you think? Yeah, wow. Well, it, well, I've come to understand there's three ways you can communicate with your marketing. You could shout at people, right? Use big words and dingbats and, you know, all kinds of design devices to get the attention. Mm-hmm. Or you can bore people with tons of information uh, mm-hmm. that just gets overlooked. Or, you know, you can seduce, which is you give them enough to get them interested to take the next step forward in some kind of engagement with you, whether it's a click to another page, whether it's flipping the card over to see what's on the back, or maybe just staying on that ad a little longer to get a little bit more information that might be meaningful to you to get you to a yes or a no and a meaningful buying decision. So, you know, let me clarify here, man. You know, our agency takes this approach of uh, this, man. Good marketing turns people off. Again, good marketing turns people off. If your marketing is focused, if it's appropriate, if it's designed to talk to that ideal customer, everybody else in the universe should be excluded from that message, and it should not interest them in any way. Hmm. Why is that important? Because when folks that aren't a good fit for you are constantly getting into your sales funnel, that's a drain on your resources, not just people time, but money time. You know, every resource you have gets swallowed up and absorbed and invested in relationships that have very little potential of you either adding value to them or closing the sale. Does that make any sense, Mike? Yeah, no, 100%. In fact, I'm, I'm looking at one of the things that you guys had posted to some of your social channels back at the end of July said successful companies don't train their customers to wait for a 50% off sale. Right. Right. It's like, so if you're doing marketing right, <laughs> those people that are waiting for the 50% off sale are not your, not your target audience. Unless 50% sale folks are your target audience. Uh, unless, uh, unless that's <laughs> <There's> a qualifier <laughs> there, right? That's fair. That's right? fair. So, sometimes uh, I say, hey, uh, you know, the best website, the most creative, beautiful, awesome website might be Craigslist. Because it needs to be Craigslist, right? right uh, another right. website may need to be eBay, which is full of lots of beautiful colors and cool graphics and things right. that draw you and feel you feel the buzz and uh, the excitement of an online auction. Craigslist is an, an old newspaper want ad kind of format, yeah. right? It yeah. needs to be what it is. Are both the same aesthetically? No. Are they both equally creative? Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. they're appropriate. So, but yeah, successful companies do not train successful companies who aren't into 50% off sales do not train their customers to wait for a 50% off sale. That's so, it. That's yep. it. Yeah, no, I know. I agree with that entirely. So, Todd, if you would just give the audience a little bit of context about your background, how you got into the creative space, uh, you're a veteran and, and there's some tie in there. And then talk about some of the things that, that you guys are really good at. You're excited about when you're talking about working with the home services industry and with, with uh, the green industry in particular. Yeah, well, my career started in 1987 in this industry after I graduated from art school. And at that time, I was in the National Guard, the Pennsylvania Army Guard. I have uh, eight years in the Guard. 
when I graduated from art school, I got my first job at a, a studio in New York County. I wasn't happy at all. There were a lot of questions I had about what I was doing as a, a creative person in this industry. And here's what kept going through my mind. Is this person who's hiring me, this agency, this firm, where I'm using my creative abilities to put together beautiful ads and great headlines and, and messages to entice folks that may not be a good prospect for that company to make a buying decision that may not be in their best interest solely to increase the bottom line of my customer. There was a huge values disconnect there, right? I question that all the time. Are we manipulating people? Are we abusing our skills to take advantage of people for somebody else's financial gain? And there was a real problem with that that I wrestled mm. with. For In fact, I still wrestle with it. And our whole philosophy now, which we call communication, comes out of that uh, thinking, uh, trying to solve that problem. At the time, 1987, 1989, I was still serving in the Guard. There was a special forces unit in Bel Air, Maryland mm, at wow. the time that was looking to recruit me. And I'd served a couple weekends with them, thought it was a great fit. I was seriously considering maybe going full-time um, Army, see if I couldn't go to the Q course, qualify, be a Green Beret. That was the dream, wow. right? So I had all this investment in a career over here. A lot of questions about the values connected to it. And I had this really awesome opportunity. I thought it was a good fit that I could also make a career out of. There were the values definitely were right, but there were no guarantees over here. You know, what if I bowled and, you know, I, I didn't qualify and became an infantryman? I didn't want to be an infantryman. So I was wrestling with this question, but it was made very clear to me, Jay, that I was to stay in this career path. And in 1995, I started my own business, freelancing for some agencies in the local area here, uh, Lancaster and York counties, and gradually built a book of business on my own, my own clients, and have been working as a creative thinker for them, design, marketing, advertising, branding for about 17 years before we started hiring some folks and expanding our presence and our, our services, and we're now an agency. Uh, yeah. There's several iterations of that, right? Marketing agency, creative agency, design agency. What the heck are we? We are a consulting agency. And what does that mean? Jeez, what does it mean? We're trying to figure that out every day because we're constantly growing and seeing needs out there that require a different approach. Our business really focuses on three aspects of the business, really. It's like, what is the heart of the business? What is the vision and the values, values of the business? Why does the business exist? Why did it ever start? You know, a lot of businesses, somebody had a great idea one day. And they were passionate about it. There's a fire in their belly. And they started a business to see this vision through. And, you know, at some point when you're successful, you know, uh, your own success can get in the way. You grow. You got employee, employee matters that need to be resolved. You have competition. You have economies that are up and down. And mm -hmm. uh, some point, a lot of times, the business becomes more about the business than it did the original vision. We found that to, uh, to be a problem when we would be asked to come in and market companies. Yeah, um, sure. What are we trying to sell here? And who the heck would care about it? <laughs> so, right? Are the, the first right. two questions we ask, and a lot of times it's just about more business. And really, for us, that's not enough. There has to be a real reason 
to do business and a real reason for somebody to want to do business with you. And we find that when you dig deep and you can find that values connection, right? Right. Value connection is important, right? You have to have a transactional component of these, of this engagement, of this relationship. But if you can connect on a values level with your, with your clients and prospects, they're customers for life. Yeah. You're the customers who will wind up knowing, loving, and trusting you, who will support you in good times and bad, who will evangelize for you to all the folks that they know, love, and trust. And they will be enthusiasts uh, to the nth degree. Oftentimes we find ourselves kind of working ourselves out of a job with our clients because yeah, because, yeah, because they, they grow and this growth becomes exponential and it's something that kind of becomes kind of organic in their business. And um, yeah. yeah. How you've gotten from the point where you had this kind of fork in the road uh, and had to decide which which career path you're going to take. You ended up in, uh, you know, marketing, let's call it creative services, you know, consulting at this point. And what are some of the things that that you're kind of passionate about as it comes, as it relates to that you think, and I think a, a lot of small businesses, and I'm using that term loosely, I'm saying, you know, even up to $10, $15 million in revenue, a lot of businesses don't understand things like good branding. They don't understand selling based on values rather than a value proposition. They don't understand how to position themselves so that they're selling. Okay. So it's, it's a, a landscaper, right? You're not necessarily positioning yourself so that you're selling a weekend off rather than selling edging and mulching, right? Like anybody can edge and mulch. A homeowner can edge and mulch for themselves. That's not what you're selling them. You're selling them the freedom to go and do other things that they want to do. Right. So, I mean, like, Elaborate on those a little bit. Let's start with um, maybe start with branding. Help us understand branding. Help us understand good branding versus just having a logo. Yeah, great. Well, you just answered it right there, right? <laughs> well, what is a brand? What is a brand? Uh, I mean, I remember in art school, we heard about branding, and uh, you know, one of my classes, and I thought, "What's branding? Well, it's, it's sticking this red hot iron on the cow's rump, right? And making the, this mark, <laughs> right?" And, uh, you know, a logo, a brand. We've talked about brands as in the context of logos forever. And that's not really what a brand is. Your logo is your logo. Right. Your brand at the end of the day, your brand at the end of the day is your reputation. Right? Come that's on. your yep. brand. That's your brand. So, and your reputation really is whatever it's perceived to be. It doesn't matter what your logo looks like, right? Right. It, it matters matter. what people like how what people associate what feelings people associate with your company when they hear your name or they see the logo or or whatever. That's exactly right. That logo is just an icon emblem to remind people that you exist at the end of the day. But how they feel about you, what they think about when they hear your name. Let's mm-hmm. said this right. A, a good name is worth more than great riches. Yeah. You know, right. Mm-hmm. What's a good name? It's not Todd or Jay. It's the reputation. That precedes you when somebody hears your name. Oh, that's a great guy, great company. You know, I trust that person. That's the brand. Mm-hmm. That's the brand. Now, how do you control that? Well, by being honest, constantly being honest and real. Here's what you can't do try to have a reputation that's manufactured. Yep. You will get caught, right? So, 
I don't care if what your brand is at the end of the day. All I care about is making money, and that's the vision of this company. Fine. Let's be honest and real about that, right? Let's not try to reposition the company and your brand in a way that says something that's different than that, right? Uh, I want to mm -hmm. add super, super huge value to this segment of the community and you know, world peace and whatever. Really, it's about making a bunch of money, and that's fine. Just mm -hmm. be honest about it. So brand brand is incredibly important. And um, you touched on something else earlier. I think it was um, product, I believe you may have mentioned. I'm, I'm mm, not sure right. the word used, but it reminded me of this. I'm probably going to go off on a tangent here, but that's okay as well. Right? <laughs> go for so it. At the end of the day, we look at the thing that we provide, lawn care services, marketing services, cherry pie sales, whatever they are, as the product, right? It's really not the product. That's a commodity. You know, you can get yes, come on. lawn care anywhere. You can go anywhere and get a website built. You can go anywhere and get cherry pie and walk down the street here to the convenience store and get one. Your product at the end of the day is the experience that that customer has with your company. Yep. When it receives that edging mulching service, when it receives the, the marketing advice or the experience and the aromas they they smell and the, the flavors that they experience when they're taking a bite of the cherry pie when they buy it at your store that's the product right mm -hmm. and then that then lends itself to what your brand really is right yeah absolutely and so like i, I th there are a couple things that have like come to mind as we're talking about this so one you know you talk about the brand and so what do i see if I say the name Apple, mm -hmm. most of you listening to this are thinking about your phone. Um, mm -hmm. Apple has for a long time made a reputation for themselves as an innovator in the marketplace. They've actually kind of pivoted away from that. If you followed a lot of their more recent marketing messages, it, they're now the company if you value security, right? Like if you want your privacy. So that's mm -hmm. the image. That's the feeling they're trying to conjure in your head when you see that Apple logo. And you see they've changed it with the little lock on top of the Apple. Have you seen those lately? I'm like, oh, that's freaking brilliant, man. Like they, that's what they want you to feel. They want you to feel. When I have an iPhone, my data is safe from the governments of the world and from the, the marketers and from <laughs> all right. these other people, right? So that's one of the things. The other thing you're talking about, the experience. In my head, and if anyone listening in central Pennsylvania might get this, there is an ice cream shop in the county where Todd's business is located called Fox Meadows. So I'm giving Fox Meadows a shout out because I still think to this day it is the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. But when you walk in to their main location, the line wraps, I've never I've never waited less than 20 minutes, I don't think in line. I mean, it's, it's that good. Sometimes I've waited an hour. The line wraps all the way around the stinking building and you can smell the fresh made like waffle cones that they're making and this, I mean, and the, the cookies, you can get this thing called a, it's like an ice cream sandwich, but with warm chocolate chip cookies instead. And you just smell all this stuff and you're waiting in line and the anticipation builds. And it's just, I get that in my head when I think of Fox Meadows, it's not just the ice cream. I could get it to go and go home and I've done that and it's not as good. It's not as good, is it? <laughs> it's not as good, right? It's um, but it's there's something about being there, you know, and it's just um, it's totally. And they've even got a playground out back for the kids to run around, and run off all the sugar you just fed them. I mean, it's a really cool experience. And so that's what we're what Todd's getting at. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Todd. 
our listeners, when they want to think about building their brand, they need to also think about the experience that people are having with their company. Now, you're exactly right. Uh, that was a great example. And it was very palatable. Not, you know, Pavlov, It's making you hungry, right? <laughs> I'm drooling all over the place. It's, it sounds wonderful. I, I can't <laughs> to go there, right? You, you just proven my point about good marketing, right? You know, love and trust the company. You're going to share it with, mm-hmm. with 10 other people. I'll probably wind up checking it out. Why? Because I know, love, and trust you. I respect your opinion. Have you never so. been there? Never been there. I'll, I'll, I will. You're missing will. out, man. Let's okay, sorry. Step. That's a tangent, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> Let's take it a step further, right? Yeah. Let's say maybe a less sensory type experience uh, that you would have a business. Let's say maybe, um, I don't know, let's say lawn and landscape care, right? You may have get a call. You may see an ad. You may respond to that ad. You may get a salesperson on the line. That salesperson will explain to you what your options and packages are. Maybe even come out, do some measuring, give you a quote, and tell you what your five five stage step prop package is going to look like. The technician comes out. They do their work. You get bills. Let's say you have a problem with the bill or, or something unexpected occurs. You call in and customer service takes the call. They help you resolve the problem. And you finish the season and you're solicited for the next season. You have another buying decision to make now, right? Mm-hmm. So let's look at that entire process. What is the product? What is the message? What is the marketing? They're all this one and the same, right? So the moment that that customer touched your ad, that ad should have expressed the values and the value of the organization and why they would even care about you. When he called in and the salesperson got on the phone, that message, that, that conversation should be the very same conversation. It should sound the same, look the same, taste the same, smell the same, like waffles, <laughs> right? Right. As they felt with that ad that prompted them to make that first touch. When the technician comes out or the salesperson comes out to do the measurements, that experience should be exactly the same. The values experience should be exactly the same. And when the technicians come out, even from when they call in to customer service to have a problem, what is that experience like? Is it still the same conversation with the same company, with the same values message? That all has to be completely consistent. If it's not, there's a red flag. How about when they write the checkout or they type in their credit card number online to pay the bill? Are they happy to do so? Is it still the same conversation? At any point in that road, if that conversation changes, that's a problem. Uh, That's going to affect that renewal at the end of the year when you come into the next season. You have to be real with this brand. You have to be real with your messaging. You have to be honest with the values. You have to connect deeply with the values of the persons that making that's making that buying decision. And you have to be consistent at every stage of the game during the relationship. It's no different than dating, right? <laughs> right? For real, it's no different than dating. There's an expectation. And the more you meet that expectation, the more you build the trust factor the deeper your relationship grows, and the more likely they are to stay with you, and the more likely you are to be able to collect on a premium service. The more likely you are mm-hmm. to maybe sell the next stage of service, upsell. The more likely you are to get a referral. Yeah. 
two things that you're saying here that I think are really critical that I just want to, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, if I'm wrong, Todd, stop me. One, it sounds to me like you're saying for all of these interactions with a customer to be consistent, a business has to have thought through and documented the processes for those. Exactly. Like you have to communicate to a technician or to a, a crew this is how we interact with a customer on a property. You have to communicate, thought through and communicated to your customer support people. This is how we handle when a customer has an issue, right? right? Like that, that all has to stay consistent. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, which probably should have been the first thing, is that you have to have a set of company values and have communicated those clearly both to your staff and to the customer. Jay, I couldn't have said it any better. You know, when I was saying earlier, you're asking about our, our uh, the way we do business. And I was talking real early on about digging in to a business, why they even exist and why anybody would care. Yep. What marketing firm really digs into that, right? That's, that's like your whole entire team. What's the vision, mission, and really yep. the values of that organization? We've done that here. We've done it ourselves. We, we've mm-hmm. analyzed each other on a personal level, shared all that as far as our core values go and kind of summed it up as the business and how we operate. And this is, this is a single core value that our business operates under because it's innate to all of us. And it's really how we've approached all of our business with our clients that we've observed only because it's innate within us. And we're really happy about it. It's called, the word is balance. Everything we do is mm. with balance. And if anybody doesn't feel like that's a good value for them, they don't need to be here, nor do they need to be a joint venture partner or a pro- supplier for us, nor do they have to be a client. It's all okay, right? But, but all being on board with those core, central core values is incredibly important. And we dig into that. And here's the second part of that. You're absolutely right. Once we get through that, Mark, this business, maybe, uh, how would you call it, um, you know, identity crisis, really, right. as a marketing agency, we get through this business identity crisis. Then we go into sales. We start talking to sales. The biggest problem we, we encounter over and over and over again is this. The marketing team never gets along with the sales team, and the sales team never gets along with the marketing team for some reason. Mm. And, and is, that, is that like the biggest mistake you see lawn landscape companies and tree care companies kind of doing? Is that there's that tension between operations and, and, and sales, or is it between more between marketing and sales? It's more between marketing and sales because uh, sales has their job to do, and they're a you know, in the disc profile, most of them are very high eyes, right? Right. And a lot of them have been, been there for a while doing things their way. They have their system and sales isn't easy. Then you have this other team of creative folks that kind of like left brain, right brain opposites telling them what to do. And that never flies very well. There's always this friction between sales and marketing. So we don't even start talking about marketing until we talk to sales. And it's like this mm. for sales. Hey, we've gone over here. We've solved this identity crisis with the business. Are you in or you out? Do you follow the vision, mission, and the values of the organization? If you don't, that's okay. We'll find someplace else for you or whatever. But this role might not be the role for you. You've got to buy into this. And that's once so they do, we help them put together sales processes that do what? Continue the voice, the vision, mission, values of the organization through its salespeople, because they have to be talking the business language. I don't mean like specific terms, but I'm saying, you know, the brand language, the promises at the end of the day, and they have to believe it. 
have to believe it. Yeah. And then Jay, the third part of what where we engage is then the marketing. We'll talk about marketing after that, right? Now we know vision, mission, values, customer base, why anybody would care. Sales teams bought in. They want to go out and evangelize about the business because they believe in it. There's something to sell now for a really good reason. Then we come in as a marketing agency, include all those folks into the conversation and say, okay, sales team, how are you guys doing what you're doing to get this message out there? And we'll work together as a team to make sure that our creative works with their systems and their methodology and, and that they're comfortable, you know, having the conversations outside of this, you know, closed circle with yep. the public. And we found that to be incredibly successful. Good. On one more thing, I, I and then I have a, a question I want to wrap up with here as we're towards the back half of the show. You talked about connecting with the end buyer emotionally. And I think for customers, especially that's harder in my opinion, at least. So you can correct me for B2B because sometimes you're dealing with a gatekeeper rather than the final decision maker, right? But how can companies create messaging that resonates emotionally with the end user? What should they be thinking about? How can they begin that mental process of, you know, instead of just putting all their features and benefits and pictures of their new trucks and all of that stuff on their on their messaging, how can they begin to create what what imagery and and copy married together that really speaks to their intended audience? How do they go about doing that? First thing is to start, right? Start with something. Don't wait until you figure out the the perfect phrase, the perfect imagery, the perfect presentation to start communicating, right? As long as it connects with your values, it starts with your values. You may not know what their values are until you do a little bit of A-B testing. Be real to yourself. Be true to mm-hmm. yourself. You know, put that message out there and try it through different marketing channels, whether it's social media, digital means, you know, Google ads, uh, or even just traditional through advertising with call rail numbers, perhaps, right? And see, see how people are responding to it and constantly be tweaking it and checking it and, and, and uh, tweaking it and checking it and uh, tweaking it and checking it. A-B testing to see what resonates. The best way we've found really to kind of figure out where they are emotionally and mentally is surveys. Start with simple surveys. Mm, um, that's good. You know how... Is something uh, like SurveyMonkey or... SurveyMonkey. Uh, you could do it through emails. Um, you can oh, do surveys with people that you already know. It doesn't need to be a uh, a survey to folks that are your prospects. Maybe there's a, a core group of folks that you already do mm. business that you could be doing a survey with. Find out what's important to them. Then when you find out what's important to them, that's where your creativity comes into. How do you create a message about the values that you have to, that can connect effectively and, and uh, I guess, maybe concisely mm-hmm. with their values? Yeah. And I think... That's a really key thing. And I know it's hard to give you more time, so I'll let you go back. But you're saying this. And so full disclosure, when when I ran the marketing department for a a large regional uh, lawn care and landscape company, I hired Todd's agency to, to work on some messaging for us. And he came up with a couple of concepts. And and what we had decided was we were mainly going to target wives and and you know partners and, and families uh, with this messaging. 
And so he came back with a couple of concepts and I pulled it internally with some of our female coworkers and, and people that we knew had families and were outdoorsy and wanted to, to enjoy their outdoor spaces. And the message that we ultimately went with was not the one that resonated most with them, but what it, that polling told us was what their values were. So we just did it like informally, internally in the office there. I went to, <laughs> I went to every, you know, female coworker I had and I said, Hey, it, which, and even a lot, and even the males, I went to a lot of them too. And I just said, Hey, wh- which one resonates best with you? You know, if they were in a leadership position or someone whose opinion I trusted, I just went to them and said, Hey, what, which one of these speaks to you? And what I learned from that was they valued being able to use their outdoor spaces in a way in which this, it was uh, an ad for a specific invasive, you know, about treating for a specific invasive pest that was going to basically disrupt outdoor living. And that was it. We found that that messaging came back very effectively for, Hey, I want to be able to have a picnic. I want to be able to do this and that outside of my house. Uh, So we ultimately went with something else that kind of had a, a little bit broader appeal, but still reinforced that same messaging. That's how it helped us narrow down to drill down to which ad concept we were going to use. Was that to what you're talking about, Todd, just surveying and doing some inf- even informal polling, getting some feedback. That was really, really clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feedback is incredibly important. Nothing like investing $10,000 in a campaign that has, <laughs> that's destined to fail. And Come you don't know, right. It's, it's best to invest some resources <laughs> in figuring out if right that is at least in the right direction or or uh, may not be perfect, but you're at least you're you're right you're you're heading east when you shouldn't be heading west, right? So uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's where I would start. Is there just start? You have to start. You have to get started. A B tests, some surveys. You know, you could also check out and see what your com- competition is doing. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Far be it from me to not say um, uh, I haven't looked at other people's work. Right. Picasso said, uh, "Good artists borrow, great artists steal." Right. Uh, <laughs> Why well, reinvent the wheel? Now, I will say that all of our work is original, but I will also say, man, I have filing cabinets full of stuff I've collected over the decades. Why? For inspiration. For inspiration. Never to copy, but to be inspired. Well, and I think there's something in that too. When you see that like, oh, I see the emotional response they were trying to trigger with this ad was really clever. How can I replicate that? Sure. It doesn't even have to be in your industry. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you're you're moved by something that Under Armour's put together. Wow. That feels Mm -hmm. good. That feels really good. I want that kind of response to my advertising. That's a great place to start. You don't have to steal the concept, but Mm -hmm. at least have a base to work from of what you want it to feel like. Yes. Okay, so last question here, and then we'll wrap up, and I'll give you a chance to tell people how they can contact you and your agency. The last thing I want to close with here is I think experts kind of disagree whether we're actually in a recession right now, uh, at least at the time of this recording. It may change by the time we release this episode. Who knows? But orders for some of the services that our, our listeners offer are starting to slow down. We've made hay for the last couple of years, but demand is at least kind of going back to a normal pre-pandemic level. And so it's got that paired with inflation has a lot of companies, uh, a lot of our listeners are probably bracing for a slowdown, if not a recession. From your perspective as a marketing expert, what should they be doing to come out on the other side of that 
not just surviving, but positioned ahead of their competition. I've got an idea. I think that one idea that they're going to hate, if you're listening to this, you're going to hate this idea. But I want to hear what Todd says before I, I drop my two cents in there. Well, the first thing I know they're going to do, everybody's going to do, we do it ourselves, is you, you go down over the budget, and, <laughs> right? You see see what expenses can be cut. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know folks have payroll to make. They got equipment to pay for. Uh, there's rents. Uh, there's insurances. There's all these fixed expenses that have to yep. happen. And, you know, the first thing that's often considered as a line item that you can either reduce or just get rid of altogether because we're slow as marketing. And I know that this is a hard decision. It's not welcome ever, never stop marketing. And I'm going to tell you why. Because everybody else in your industry is thinking the same thing. They're going to cut their marketing budget. It's like you read my mind. When you are the only person out there in the space with your name, your brand being presented in a meaningful way, it doesn't need to even be selling. It could just be, it could be something like this. I'm going to make something up. It's probably ridiculous. Hey, we'll see you in 2023 after the proposed recession, supposed recession, right? Anything, anything that puts you in the same place as your market and understanding where they are at the time, not to get more business then, not to push them closer to a sale, but to stay in front of them to say, hey, we know you're out there. This is going to turn around someday. We're here. We're mm-hmm. going to be here. You're going to be there. And when it's time, we want to be the first people you call uh, when this turns around. I couldn't agree more. I think that keeping your budget intact for marketing is is pretty critical. And I think it would say even a good time to reposition some of it. You probably have some stuff in there that you've done because you've always done it. Maybe you reinvest some of that into more local efforts, you know, like sponsoring the local food bank, putting your your logo in the outfield at the local high school, doing some stuff so that that's a little bit more local that signifies that you're a partner in the community rather than just there to make a buck. I think doubling down on those relationships deeper into your community's roots is probably a really good idea. I don't know how you feel about that. Excellent. Awesome. You know, you got to figure out, you know, what you're really good at. Maybe you have to cut some of your service lines down. Who knows? Uh, yeah, get, absolutely. Find out what it is that you're really good at, you know, and what do you really love to do at the end of the day? And what will the market bear? Where Where's our room for you in the market? Mm-hmm. And if it's local and it's folks that are showing up the ball field, put that message there. Absolutely. absolutely right. Yeah. But anything that just kind of signifies as you're cognizant that maybe these inflationary concerns have hit some of your neighbors and you know your potential customer base too, that signifies, hey, we're here with you for the long haul. I think you can't go wrong positioning yourself like that. That's my take on it. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's exactly where my head was. Make as little as little cut to your marketing budget as humanly possible. Keep that spending in a good place because then to Todd's point, all your competitors are going to do the same thing, cut back, and you're going to come out looking even stronger. So, Todd, uh, this has been awesome having you here. If folks want to get in touch with you, they're interested in hiring Burgard Agency or learning more about what you do, how can they reach you? Sure. Yeah. You know, hey, it costs nothing to give us a shout and for us to come in and take a look at what you have going on. Um, we might, might be able to point you in the right direction. We may even be able to engage with you in some way. I can be reached at Todd, T-O-D-D, at Burgard Agency, 
agency.com. That's Burgard, B-U-R-G-A-R-D, agency.com. And that's all one word. There's no hyphen or, or anything right. in there. Yeah. Correct. Or you can visit us at burgardagency.com. Cool. Todd, I know you're, you're personally on LinkedIn too. I know the company's on LinkedIn. The agency has a Facebook page. Lots of ways to get in touch with them. Todd, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great having you. Thank you, Jay. It's been an honor. And uh, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. 